You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Darker Projects welcomes you to Quantum Retribution. Once you enter, you may never escape. To a precious few it was a paradise, a haven from the hectic pace of the real world. Others, it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lothman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff work to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. But for how long? Last on Quantum Retribution. You must be the only person in the complex who hasn't heard. Heard what? Dr. Malvizen was shot during a leap. I think that you had better fill me in on exactly what happened to Dr. Malvison. May I come back later to talk to you about my family background, Malvis? Soon you will know all, Tala. Perhaps more you want to know. I... I had a stress test this. No disrespect, sir, but I haven't slept now in, wow, 27 hours. 27 hours? Then go get some sleep. I'll reschedule for later tonight. (laughs) Your place or mine? The infirmary will suffice, Miss Tala. Be there at 8 o'clock and, no, we will not be alone for the test. Well, it's about time there, Kimosabi. Where you been? Getting my throat ripped out by the smarmiest, snottiest bitch to ever bay at the moon. That's where. He's my brother. His bark is always worse than his bite. Ron! We'd better get out of here before he really gets mad. Do I look worried? Mr. McAllister, I'd like to speak with Mr. Trevor Conroy. Oh, jeez, Trevor, what did you do? Whatever it was, I'm glad I wasn't there when you did it. So where did you see Mr. Conroy? I went to his office. You what? (laughs) You look like you've been up all night. Yeah. Did we have a good night last night, Vaughn? I'll find someone else who might want the promotion. You found him. Don't even think about looking at anyone else.
You said what? You gotta be kidding me. Nope. I couldn't help it. She never should have mentioned my family. Neither could believe the vulnerable position she was in. They had considered Tala, the goddess, to be one of the few women in the complex that were untouchable. She seemed to be off-limits to everyone, and when one did see her, she was always at attention, very matter-of-factual, and not into conversations. Seeing her in this position was most definitely a sight to see. Long time since we've seen something like that. Mr. McAllister, do you think this is a show for your amusement? Wake her immediately. No, sir. Yes, sir. Miss? I don't want to startle her, she looks so peaceful. Miss Tala? Tyler, the elevator is not your quarters. Stand up immediately. It's uncommon for my daughter to be slouched in a corner in public. Yes, Lathus. Forgive me. I can't believe that those are the men I was watching earlier. God, I'm so embarrassed. Go to your quarters immediately, Tyler. You are not to leave until your appointment with Dr. Hubert. Yes, sir. Why? Why do I do this to myself? I should have known better. But again, when you're running on eight hours of sleep in almost 35 hours, I bet that you'll miss some marks as well. Oh. Are you okay? Can I help you to your quarters? You okay, Miss Tala? Yes. Thank you. Great. Peachy. Just freaking peachy. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's go. We've got a job to do. Yeah, but what a body. Well, thanks an awful lot there, pal. Just what I needed is for our supervisor to be unhappy with me today. Hey, it's not my fault the princess fell asleep on the job. We were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Besides, I think the boss is more upset with Tala than with us. Huh. True or not, I had wanted to meet her for a while. Here was my chance and I didn't even get to tell her my name, the time of day, how the sun rotated, anything. Yeah, well, come on, Tano. Let's see if we can head off them bar logarithms at the pass. Sounds like a plan, Kimosabi. Yes, Lothus. Tana, you have been neglecting your health. You have been favoring work over sleep and nutrition. If you continue this, I will be forced to order you to remain in the infirmary during your scheduled free time. That I do not wish to do because you are my best junior programmer and personal assistant. I do not want to fail you, Lothus. I was doing what I thought was best for the project. Aren't the needs of the project more important than the needs of one person? The needs of the project will not come to pass if the needs of each person in this project are not met. Sleep, Tala. We have much to discuss when you awaken. Yes, sir. Lathus? Yes, Tala. I apologize for disappointing you. That in itself is enough punishment for me. You have received a warning, Tala. Do not take the warning lightly. Now go to sleep.
Yes, sir. Good night, Lathus. Good night, Tala. an hour. I need to check back on Zoe. Dr. Malvison, how do you feel? How does he think I feel? God, I hurt so much. He shot me. The bastard of an admiral shot me. Why am I restrained like this? Finer than frog hair. We didn't want you to fall out of the bed. You just had surgery from a gunshot wound that has left you paralyzed from the middle of your back down. I'm very sorry, Dr. Malvison. Paralyzed? That's impossible. It's quite possible, and is so. You shouldn't stress yourself now. It'll just make the healing process harder on you, Zoe. He can't be right. Nothing has ever kept me down. If you continue to make yourself worse, I'll sedate you until you're better. I already have orders from Lothos to get you well, not to have you worse. And if you continue to struggle, you'll pull out the stitches. What'll it be, hmm? I can't breathe. I hate this feeling. I hate being a damned invalid. Breathe slowly and deeply. The bullet not only did damage to your spinal cord, it also damaged one of your lungs. Actually, one of them had deflated. It'll be fine, but you won't be able to hyperventilate yourself anymore, and I'm sure you know what I mean. You'll have a wheelchair that'll be ordered this morning, and then I'll have someone from engineering work on it to devise a way to keep an oxygen bottle attached to it at all times. Do you understand? Understood. But my anger will not be abated that easily. Are they finding the bastard that shot me? Stacked on my vengeance. I want to at least watch as Calavici and Beckett are torn apart slowly and painfully. I don't know if Lothos is in the process of locating that person or not. However, I do want you to remain calm. Getting agitated and thinking about what has happened won't help. I will sedate you if I need to. Now, I'm only going to tell you this one last time. Calm down. Then you might as well put me a damn because I'm not going to calm down until I have Calavici's head on a platter. <laughs> I will give you your vengeance, Zoe, and you will be present to see it carried out. Give me his head. someone with her at all times, around the clock, unless I advise you differently. Yes, Lothos? Nurses Station 1, Ms. Robinson speaking. Olivia, 
Mark it on Dr. Malvison's chart. She is to have someone in the room at all times per Lotho's instructions. Who's on duty right now? Tilly, Nadia, Susan, and Jerry. Which one is free at the moment? Tilly Barker is available at the moment, Dr. Hugan. Excellent. Tell Tilly that she will be in Dr. Malvison's room for the rest of her shift and continue providing a nurse throughout her stay in the infirmary. Yes, sir. Ms. Barker, report to Nurses Station 1 immediately. Is there any possibility at all, however slim, that Zoe will ever regain the use of her lower body and legs? No, Lothos. Not by human means. Very well. See to it that you get the best of care. Canavici's and Beckett's days have just begun now, but... After an uneventful lunch, the afternoon was finally settling down, as was Trevor's temper as he got back into the comparison report that he'd been working through before lunch. A couple of times he had glanced across the room at his best friend, knowing that even Alan had been unusually quiet. The last couple of times that he'd glanced over, Alan appeared to be totally absorbed in chewing his pen. He had just taken another look at Alan when the intercom buzzed and he heard a voice that instantly made his hackles stand up. Yes, Madam Supervisor. You want something? I'm ready for round two. Boy, am I ready. What in the hell is he thinking of? Mr. Conroy, about yesterday's comparison report, I see some errors. Do you have your copy in front of you, or is this the only copy that is available? You stated that while you were on my time, that I had the last say. Well, Mr. Conroy, now is my time. And you better use it wisely, or I'll have your butt in the sling and fast. You have the only copy, ma'am. If there are any mistakes, perhaps you should bring the report out here and show them to me so I can correct them. Have you slipped a disc? Drank seawater? Eaten a rotten snail? You better calm down there, Pard, or it'll be in so deep that you'll have to have a shovel to dig yourself out. Alan, don't you have a pen to chew on or something? Why can't I have my mask? Mr. Conroy, I don't believe that that would be an alternative at the moment. How about we- Then I'll come in there. God, what a pain. <sighs> Mr. Conroy, if you'd have let me finish, I was going to tell you that since this is the only copy of the report that I have, I will discuss this with you tomorrow. Since you've worked diligently on the comparison report that was placed on your desk early this morning, you and Mr. McAllister may leave. Enjoy your evening, gentlemen. Ma'am... The previous supervisor authorized me to work late this evening to finish my reports since tomorrow is my authorized day off. I'll be staying in the office until 8 o'clock. Why, Mr. Conroy, it is very admirable to see someone so diligent in their work instead of taking extra hours off courtesy of their director. However, my offer still stands. As well as your scheduled day off, which I knew of, I will require that you report to work Wednesday promptly at 10 a.m., not the required 7.30, just to make up for any of your precious time that you used while working on the comparison report. Good evening to you. You know, if he doesn't want the time, then he doesn't want it. 
I'd want that time. An extra hour for myself. Mm, oh well, his loss. Or gain, whatever the case might be. <gasps> She's slick, I'll give her that much. And a fair actress to boot. But I didn't attain my rank by being gullible. Diligent smilligent. I'm just working my time. Besides, I volunteered to work over to finish these reports for Mr. Devlin. You know, so he wouldn't get his ass chewed because they weren't done. You know, Alan, a good, honest, easy-to-get-along-with boss is so hard to find. Those kind of guys are few and far between. Oh dear God, has he lost his ever-loving mind? Trevor, stop while you can. And you know good and well that I've never taken advantage of the boss. No siree. I'll be here bright and early, 7.30 on the mark Wednesday morning. Ugh, can't have the new boss thinking I'm a no-good, shiftless, mean-spirited, spoiled, sportive worker. Now can I? Trevor Conroy doesn't shirk his work. I don't know exactly what the hell you're doing, but I ain't gonna stick around here to watch the fireworks, okay? I don't know why you're being such a hard-headed SOB, but keep up the good work. Insinuating that I do? Oh, no. No, not now. I can't have a seizure now. Among the myriad of tasks he performed with unceasing effortless ease, Lothost observed his minions working, as well as the ongoing training of leapers and how those with free time occupied themselves. He also kept constant track of his daughters, monitoring their interactions with the people around them, though never interfering in their lives. It was due to his vigilance that Lothos witnessed the sudden onset of Siren's medical distress. Siren is having a diabetic seizure. She's in her office in the logistics sector. Hearing Lothos command through the implants in his head, Peter Hugan grabbed up his medical bag, pausing just long enough to ensure that the necessary medication Siren needed was in the bag, then ran out of his office. This wasn't just any one of Lothos's people he was rushing to aid. This was Lothos's daughter. Upon the elevator reaching level 10, Peter rushed out of it while the doors were still opening, then raced down the hall towards the logistics sector. Where is she? Where's Siren? The sight of Siren on the floor, her body convulsing, confirmed what Lorthos had told him just a minute ago. Seeing that he didn't have her mask on, Peter removed his lab coat and draped it over her upper body and face. From his medical bag, he grabbed one of the preloaded insulin syringes marked with her name and injected it into her arm. With that done, he ascertained that her breathing wasn't compromised, then held her gently until the medication had taken full effect. Lorthos, did Siren have her medication this morning? Yes, she had the required dosage. Her father helped her with it this morning. The sight of the usually taciturn Dr. Hugan rushing into Madame Supervisor's office when Lorthos released the locking mechanism on the door got the better of Trevor's curiosity. Moving quietly, he got up from his desk and moved to the open door and looked in, watching as the physician gave her an injection. His curiosity was more than a little piqued when Dr. Hugan draped his lab coat over her head and upper body. The seizure at last eased, but it was the sight of the doctor lifting one side of the coat covering Siren to look at her face that caused Trevor to step carefully into the office. He wanted to try and get a look at the face that had been covered by a mask for as long as he could remember. Mm. Dr. Hugan, what happened? You're going to be okay. Just lay still for a few moments. 
In all the years since being diagnosed, Dr. Hugen had never known Siren to forget her daily insulin injection. Having known her literally from birth, as well as her heritage, Peter knew of only two other reasons that would have triggered a seizure. Either her temper, one of the stronger attributes she had inherited from her father, had fled, or she had neglected her diet. Again, he knew Siren much too well. The latter of the three wouldn't be one of those. Peter Hugen knew that Siren took a level-headed and conscientiously attentive approach to controlling her diabetes, and Lothos had eliminated the first possibility, forgetting to take her shot, leaving only one option for the present situation. What was going on here, Mr. Conroy? <clears throat> I don't know what the hell she was doing in there. The door was locked until you got here. You might call it an indirect difference of opinions. You were arguing with her, weren't you? No, sir. She... she might have overheard something that lit her fuse. Give me another answer like that, Mr. Conroy, and you'll find yourself on the wrong side of a whip. Now wipe that smile off your face and answer me. What was going on here? through the ranks, Vaughan Ricard had seen others just where he was now. When Thames, or anyone as superior in rank as the current senior observer, held the golden ring you wanted, you tended to dance to his or her tune, jumped, or at least hopped, when he or she said so. God, I want this promotion to senior leaper. Senior observer be damned. <sighs> Who's my competition? You'll find out this evening. The test starts tonight at 7 p.m. in the lecture hall on the 10th floor. If you're serious about your desires of being a senior leaper, you'll be there. If you aren't there, I'll be calling someone else up in your stead. Uh-uh-uh. I am in charge here, Vaughn. Lothos handed me the gun, the bullet, and the signed death wish for his nemesis. It's up to you to see if you want to be the one holding that gun when it goes off. I'll be there. Do I have to advise my duty supervisor about this? Or has he been notified? He's been notified. It won't be easy, Vaughn. We have a lot of work to do and only a little time to get it done. Whether you end up as observer or leaper, you win. Especially if you nab, capture, and kill Dr. Beckett. Now, define Johanna. Highly pleased at the near effortless ease with which he'd gotten Vaughan Ricard well and truly hooked, Thames continued on to the bachelor women's quarters, seventh floor. Vaughan had been the only one of the eight superior-ranked junior male leapers he'd had any intention of approaching. Lothos had given him this to do, and Thames knew that Lothos expected him to put only the two best against each other for the two senior titles. Vaughan was one, Joanna Royden was the other. Glancing around, it was only then that Thames recognized one of the other occupants of the elevator, his mood improving immediately. Ah, Zim Zim, do you know if Joanna Royden is in her quarters? Joanna Royden? You'd rather be with Joanna than me. Didn't last night mean anything to you, Thames? Oh, of course it did. This is only business. Only business, is it? 
How do I know you don't want to play with Joanna? Oh, Zim Zim, how could you think such a thing? If I wanted to play with Joanna and keep it from you, why would I ask you where she was? If it's out in the open and it looks like business, then I just look like a fool. Oh, come here, Zim. Meet me in my quarters later this evening, and we'll work on our own little project. <laughs> And, um, what will we be working on, Thames? <laughs> on our relationship. See you tonight, then, love. I can't wait. Zim, Joanna Roy. She's in her quarters. Excellent. You've been listening to Quantum Retribution, Repercussions, Part 1, written by M.J. Cogburn and C.E. Crowick. Featured in this episode were David Alt as Lothos and the Announcer, Jim Barber as Dr. Peter Hugan, M.J. Cogburn as Tala Lothaman and Siren Lothaman, Helen Earle as Zoe Malvison, Shane Harris as Trevor Conroy, Janine Humphreys as Jennifer Zimbo, Mark Kalita as Vaughn Rickar, C.E. Crowick as Olivia Robinson, Stephen Anderson as Tims, Mark Robola as Alan McAllister, and Tom Davis as the production announcer. Production and post-production by M.J. Cogburn and C.E. Crowick. Executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. The theme music is available for download at sounddogs.com. Other music composed and performed by Kai Hartwig, Richard Owens, and Kevin McLeod. Quantum Retribution is a production of The Quantum Leap Radio Files, presented by DarkerProjects.com.